Welcome to Hamstrings and Heartstrings, where running is great. Except when it's not. I'm Ellie. And I'm Chris. Is it your, is it your pace, pace or my day? No, it's <laughs> going to be me. Remember, we talked I about... I want to say it really quick. You did. Hi, everybody. This is uh, episode Hi, 24. We've done this 24 times, plus two lost recordings. So we've done this 26 times. feel like we got this nailed. <laughs> I we're professionals, yeah. but don't I sound great? You do. You sound thank you. great. Th- uh, thank you. All right, Ellie. <laughs> it's my pace today. Oh, okay, great, good. Because I'm gonna get mine out of the way quick, so then I can hear about your big run. Okay, oh, big my big boy run today. Yeah. All right. So my running has been filled with people, which is good. Not all at once, but every day that I run, except for Sunday, I'm running with somebody, which is nice because I ran alone in the pandemic for six months. So um, this morning, Tuesday's a workout day. So this morning I met my coworker, and um, she also runs for the Ithaca College cross country team. And uh, I invited her to come to our workout today. So this morning, me and Zoe, which hi, Zoe, if you listen to this, because she asked about the podcast while we were running. Hmm. Um, we did a pretty a good workout today that sort of hit all the spots. We did uh, three minutes on with 90 seconds rest and then uh, six by one minute hills and then four by 30 seconds sprint. So we hit all the spots, but it was a uh, short and sweet. We were done in under 60 in, like warm up, cool down and all that. We were done in less than an hour. So that's a good one. We had, a, it was nice. And she's, she's so, she's a great runner and I'm looking forward to many more workouts with Zoe. So, um, uh, one, how'd you, you, you're running fast. How you got time to talk about podcasts? I mean, that's some, you're running. In the warm up and cool down in the rest intervals. Mm, I guess so. I'm usually uh, sucking wind during those parts, but whatever. In um, the warm up? Well, <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> I mean, it's a uh, warm ups are tough, man. You gotta get every. I'm usually doing a lot of grunting and groaning and finding out which parts are still tight, and ah, you'll get there someday. I will, um, won't I? So okay, uh, follow up, follow up. Um, when last we talked, you were going to go running with your. So, anyways, that's really great. I look forward to hearing more about Zoe. Um, but follow up. Last time we talked, you were going to uh, run with your boss, and that was going to be like a big thing. How'd that yes. go? Did you did you leave him in the in the weeds? Well, um, I got a raise. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Scott, uh, it went really, really well. And, um, tomorrow will be our fourth week in a row running together. So, uh, yeah, it was really fun. We just run for about a half an hour to 40 minutes. And last week he got really into it and he, we, uh, ran one of our miles was under eight minute pace. And he was so excited because he normally, we normally run around like nine minute pace. And so, but at the end, when we're getting to his house, we do like a sprint to the finish. So I think that that like, uh, sort of pushed us under like the, eight minute mark but he was really pumped so yeah they've been they've been going pretty well and i mean i'm not fired yet so i obviously haven't said anything too offensive 
Yeah, yeah. Or he just hasn't heard the podcast, one or the other. Either way. It's probably it's probably the, <laughs> the latter. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. And you're seeing people because the other time we last talked, you were talking about how you're so happy to be running alone. But now the winds have changed, huh? They wow. have because now I have podcast time on my walk to and from work. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I'll just listen to or during like strength and core work. So I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I've got enough time in my life for podcasts. So I guess I can run with you peasants. Oh, how sweet. <laughs> You're such a benevolent, uh, benevolent ruler. Yes. Um, so yeah, a lot, uh, a lot's been going on in, uh, my neck of the woods too. Um, Last weekend, well, two, what is it? Uh, yeah, I mean, what, 10 days ago, um, my buddy Davin went up t- to do the uh, fastest known time for the Northville Placid Trail, um, went uh, north to south from Placid down to Northville. And for those folks that don't know, it's about, it was a 133-mile trail that basically ran the length of Adirondack Park. Um, it's now a 142-mile trail. Um, so there's that. Um, and, uh, Davin did it in 38 hours and 44 minutes, which beat the 133 mile time of 39 hours and change, but then also set like a first known time for the new trail. Uh, and I had the privilege of, uh, being around doing some crew stuff. Um, Mr. Hobbs did some crew stuff. Uh, Abby McCarthy did some crew stuff. Laura Rackers did some crew and stuff. That was all fun. Um, I got to do what I called uh, the Rusty Beaver 10K. So that was very exciting. What's My, that? <laughs> um, so one part of the Northville, um, so it goes to the it goes through the Wakely Dam. And some trail runners might know the Wakely Dam Ultra, which is a 50K, which is there's only one way in and one way out. It's self-supported, no aid station. Um, well, at that Wakely Dam, there is about a 150-yard section where the beavers have completely flooded the trail. Like it's um, like over calf high deep. And there used to be railroad ties that used to go across the trail. And since the beaver dam like flushed it all out, all the railroad ties are shifting and turning and stuff like that. And so there's little spikes from the railroad ties sticking up all throughout the uh, trail. So it's like a three mile stretch to get in. And then you do the 150 yards and then on the other side. So my job was to bring basically uh, dry shoes and socks for Abby and Dobbin because they were about to do a 50 K on the other side of that trail. So then I took, and that was like, um, it was uh, into the evening 50 K. So it was like, um, I don't know, uh, dinner time ish. So they'd be running into the night for that. Um, So yeah, I brought the, I ran with a pack, on my shoulders, carried all the shoes and socks over there. Then they changed, and then I ran all the wet junk back to the trailhead. So it was a nice 10K, the old Rusty Beaver 10K. That sounds awesome, actually. Um, I am putting out Dobbins' episode for the Trust Collective on Friday. So, And then I just heard about this FKT. So I asked him if he could record a little bit of something that I can add to the end of the interview because obviously we didn't talk about the FKT when we recorded the interview a month ago. So hopefully that will come out on Friday or whenever this episode goes out. Check it out. It's probably up. But side note, Rusty Beaver sounds like a screen name for OnlyFans. <laughs> it's, it could be taken a lot of ways. Uh, it's definitely uh, the 
the race shirt for the Rusty Beaver 10K would be a very creative logo. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it also sounds like a great name for like a sandwich or salad bowl at CTB. They said I could uh, put some more new sandwich, uh, new uh, bowls up for salad bowls for the fall. And I think Rusty Beaver sounds great. I I wouldn't advise that. Can I get a cream cheese on plain bagel and a Rusty Beaver? (laughs) I would not advise that. (laughs) Write it down. Uh, this 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 was uh, bowl is brought to you by hamstrings and heartstrings running talk with chris and ellie number number 32 your rusty beaver is ready please come to the counter for your rusty beaver yeah no bueno i would not i would not advise that your runs with your boss might uh get a little shorter <laughs> yeah Run run me out of town. Yeah. Like, oh, Ellie used to work out here, but now she's in the back because we can't have her on the line anymore. We don't let her talk to the public. (laughs) She's being punished. Yep. So, yeah, that was fun. You know, that was good stuff. Um, Davin is so impressive. I've been editing his video for the past two days and there's some really good gems in that one. Like, I am really glad that I get to re-listen to all these again because... I mean, they told me it once and I was inspired then or just I was enlightened then. But now I can just re-listen and be like, Davin, you just, you know, he's one of those people that and I identify with this. I can't line up for a race and not take it seriously. And Davin is the same way. And I really respect that. Like, it doesn't mean we're going to try and PR or whatever. Like, we'll run to our fitness level. But we still, when we toe the line at a race, Davin said it perfectly. Like, he just can't not give it everything he has. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he won't sign up for races unless he's ready for them. You know, that's kind of his thing. And I think it's a little like even a tr- even if they're like so-called build-up races or training runs, because I think a lot of people like say you're training for a hundred miler, you do you know like a fifty k, fifty miler, maybe a hundred k, and then a hundred miler. That might be a normal progression. I'm not saying you have to do that, but and so the fifty k and a hundred K they're not your a race. Right. So I think a lot of runners go at it like, Oh, you know, I am just doing this as a distance run and stuff like that, which makes sense for someone like me if I was doing it, because I would be completely just like, I don't, I just want to complete the distance, but for people like Davin or, you know, or people that are more experienced, um, he actually does race them, but it might not be like his peak, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not, he's not looking, uh, to, uh, you know, like you said, go slow. He's not looking to just finish the distance. He's going to be up front, Mm -hmm. but the FKT was fun. He had, that's another thing about it. He, uh, he runs hundred milers and, um, wins hundred milers, but, uh, he had never been on his feet longer than 21 hours because he wins hundred milers. He's, he gets done early. So this was 38 hours. So it was a different, um, it was a different type of challenge. Um, but it was really, uh, pretty great. You know, we were still, uh, so then we all, uh, ran the 5k and the 5k in Northville actually leaves the trail and finishes in town. And it's essentially a 5k, um, 3.2 maybe, uh, but we were, you know, running nines, nine fifteens into uh, the town, uh, 
after 38 hours and, you know, 20 minutes, we're running nine minute miles. So he's got, he's got one speed. It's either go or no, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, that was yeah, fun. That'd be- That'd be my threshold too. Like after 37 hours, I'm like, well, I'm almost there. I might as well run sub sixes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Might as well. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I got all this saved up energy. Just got to get it over with. I mean, yeah. we're at the bell lap now. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was uh, lots and lots of fun. So anyway, your big run today. Oh, was it? It yeah. was uh, Jesus camp was today, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Forest school Tuesdays. Uh, Naples, Naples fun day. So, uh, today I, so, um, the Finger Lakes trail, parts of it closed during the fall for hunting. Cause it's a lot of landowners that have private easements and then they let the trail go through their land. Um, but then they shut it down in the fall, mostly for hunting, um, and other things like that. And so it closes parts of, uh, most of them will be closing October 1st. So there's a piece when you're running down Ontario County Park and you want to go from the top all the way to the bottom of the road, there is a piece in the middle that happens to be private land and that's closing in three days. So I was like, well, you know, I'll get one last run on that. I'll see the lookout, see how the leaves have changed, go down to the beaver pond and all that. And so it's about four miles, you know, downhill from the top of OCP. And when I got down there, I was like, well, I could turn around and go back up. It's a little bit less than four miles, actually. But I was like, I can turn around and go back up. And I was like, you know what? I want to actually like get some some just running in and stretch my legs a little bit rather than just go right up the hill and just start climbing for what essentially would be an, an hour to go up three miles. Um, so I turned down uh, Route uh, 33 there, 34, and um, started running. But uh, I'm a bad estimator, and so my... What I thought might have been a seven to seven mile run or so it turned out to be 11 miles. Um, so that was really, really great. Um, it wasn't a terrible run. It was, you know, it, I mean, it was raining and then I'm on the road. So I had the semi uh, mist, you know, come by when they like, and you get the rain, you get the hurricane wind in your face with the rain and the spatter. But um, it was good for the most part. But then uh, for people that don't know, Ontario County Park is the, Highest point in Ontario County. So it's like, you know, 1,500 feet up and it's a mile long road. Uh, so that was a little bit rough on my little touchy calf. So I kind of hiked that and hiked, ran it. And uh, Strava still gave me a 10 minute grade adjusted pace. So that'll tell you how steep it is just doing like a hike run. But yeah, I mean, overall, it was 11 miles and two hours and. I was uh, sleepy when I got home. Sleepy. I might make it to 11 miles for my long run this week. We'll see. Whoa. We'll see. I did I not. Know. I did not intend. It was one of those things where you're like, you know, you got that confidence in, well, whatever, it's ish. And if it's this long or it's this long, whatever, I'll just, I'll, it'll, you know, I'll make it there. It'll happen. Um, not the smartest, you know, way to, uh, I don't know. Not the smartest way to plan your day, just being like, I'll make it wherever I'm going. But um, those were the fun ones where you used to just run somewhere and be like, yeah, well, we'll run and then we'll eventually get there. So um, that little sense of adventure stuff is Adventure Tuesdays are are uh, coming along nicely. I'm glad. That sounds really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
I got myself some fancy new shoes this week. Yeah, tell me about those. Oh, well, I mean, so I was saying that I like the Merrill Agility Synthesis X shoes. I kind of got into those this uh, uh, this summer. And uh, last week, well, while I was out on the trail with Davin, um, they came out with a Honey Stinger version of them. It's like a Honey Stinger Merrill mashup. And they are sexy. Woo-woo. Took them, and they say they look like they were dipped in honey. And when you take them out and you feel them, they're all smooth and shiny. And ooh, they're so nice. Very, very pretty shoes. Ooh, well, can't, I love me a good pair of pretty shoes. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to drag them through the mud. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> well, today it, I knew it was going to be raining. So I purposely didn't wear the endorphin speed that was mm. gifted to me because they are white and beautiful. Oh. And I was like, mm, I got to save these babies for when I really need them. Um, because you know, I need, I need them, uh, when I run with my fast friend, Bella, because she's like 30 seconds ahead of me on a, See, I, I like getting the really nice shoes, but then I also like using the really nice shoes and being like, Hey, you guys, you know what you're here for. Let's get to work. You like know? when you get a new pair of Converse, it's like, you have to get them disgusting. You have to get them a little bit gray. Cause it's like, everybody knows if you got like a new pair. Well, white Converse just look uh, I don't know with that big old white bottom, they look a little bit weird. Yeah. But agreed. Um, yeah. So these are really nice. And so, uh, and then what happened was Merrill, I, you know what? I haven't worn Merrill's in a long time until these, I hike with Merrill's all the time. Um, but I haven't run with them in a while and they just, um, they came out with some, these synthesis, synthesis X and I'm like, I'm going to give them a try. Cause they're reasonably priced and I used to love running the Merrill's and, um, they're good and they're really good. And so they came out with this honey stinger one and it's the same model. So it's just a sexy looking same model, which is awesome. And then they came out with a, um, MTL Skyfire X white mountains version. And it, you know, they say they're inspired by the worst weather on earth, which is the white mountains. If you've ever been there. Um, and those look awesome too. Merrill just, Hitting my hitting all the design cues for me, they look real nice, real real nice. This uh, episode not brought to you by Merrill, but but it could be but if Merrill is listening. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um. Anyways, um. So I was nice. gonna ask, like, we nobody I know. Maybe it's like I don't know anybody besides like some of you guys in Rochester that use Merrill and even Columbia shoes for like hiking and running. And I, it might just be because I just get whatever Ian has at the store. But um, yeah, how did you like start to wear those? And I mean, I know you were a Skechers person when they first got those, which they're really nice now. Um, yeah. So how did that happen? Well, so the Merrill shoes, um, I've always hiked with Merrill's from like, you know, 20 years ago when I started hiking around the Adirondacks, I had Merrill's and um when I first started running, I believe they, they actually had some of the Merrill, I think they were called All Out Peak at the time. And so they had those at Medved and it was just a pair of shoes that I tried on and, um, you know, they all their different brands and those ones fit me really well. And I was like, you know, Merrill's are good. I like them this way. I like them that way now. Um, but after a while, when I started doing really big uh, miles, I think my feet got wider. And then I just, all of the models of Merrill's that I tried, the toe box was super narrow. So then it became, okay, well, I'm running some ultras. And then um, 
ultras, I kept getting like hit or miss quality on ultras. Like sometimes they would be really great. Sometimes the very next model of shoe would last a hundred miles. And it was like, uh, you know, um, so then same thing, what, uh, John at Rochester running company had with topos and sketchers. And I was like, I'm willing to give some new brands, some tries. And I've been running in those for quite some time. I actually, uh, that's what I ran in today was a pair of topos, you know? So I like, I do like to keep all different. Like if I look at my little wall here, I got some, I got some ultras, some sketchers. I got, um, I even have, well, let's see. Ooh, I got some new balance up there. Got some innovates over there. So I like to keep a different set of road. I don't like to ever get locked in. I know some people have like their favorite model of shoe and then they buy like three of them because they're like, oh no, if these shoes go out, then I'm stuck. So I don't ever really want to be stuck. So I like to have a couple different models that I keep rolling around in case they uh, kill them off, you know? That makes sense. I just, uh, for me, I, I'll try tons of different ones, but when I find one that works, I just, yeah, I wear it. And if it's going to keep working, I might as well have it keep working. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The shoe doesn't make the runner. It's not like I think I'm going to find a different pair of shoes and be like, Oh, I'm like 10 seconds faster. It's no, I can get 10 seconds faster in a pair of shoes, but I got, I got a lot of faster to get, you know? So that's different. Um, but also I, I do, there are days when I just look at this pair and I'm like, not you today, not you, <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> there's days like I'm looking at this one pair. There's one, there's this, this poor pair of sketchers. They really don't deserve it. I have not worn them since oil Creek two years ago. <laughs> and because every time I look at them, all I see is a 22 hour hundred K and I'm like, not today. So <laughs> now I, I understand. I don't know if I'll ever wear those shoes again. <laughs> I don't have that much of a visceral reaction to any other pair of shoes, but I look at those. I think they still have the mud from oil Creek on them. Like <sighs> you got a science experiment going on there. God, I got a psychological experiment going on. Yeah. There. <laughs> maybe Burn I need the to, shoes. Maybe I need to, you know, Donate those to some other uh, cause, like a, a Nike track somewhere or something. You know, you should. And then, like, write a note and leave it in the shoe. Like, I had the worst race in my life, and these shoes ran 22 hours. And then what if they, like, write you back? Like, <laughs> dude, these shoes are cursed. I ran 22 hours. Yeah, they're, they, like, touch them, and they're, you know, my fingers went numb, uh, you know. Yeah, I don't know. They're no bueno. I, I mean, and they don't deserve it. They're fine shoes. They're fine shoes. But, uh, yeah, so we've blown, uh, we've blown our budget here on timing. So we, we don't even get, we were going to talk about, uh, running equipment for dark and stormy weather. And, uh, I mean, I think we still can, I mean, we're, you know, we're up, uh, we're up at like 20, 25 minutes already. So it's getting a little, little chilly and a little bit dark when we're running, isn't it lately, Chris? Yeah. So that was my, uh, that was my thought the other day was, boy, when I woke up at six, it looked like it was four. And when I stepped out in my shorts, it felt like I should have been wearing pants. So do you wear like pants or do you wear spandex? Um, when I'm, so for the most part, I have a, I have like three levels. I have the, uh, I'm just wearing shorts. Fine. 
Um, then I have the, I'm wearing a pair of like, um, well, I don't think I'd wear them now cause they're, you know, they're different. They're from a different sized Chris. Um, but yeah, I used to have a pair of like, uh, like the Solomon X skin capris. Um, those were for like the, it's rainy and slushy kind of days. And then for like snowy trails and, um, snowshoeing, I have a pair of, uh, craft like storm breaker pants. So, and then sometimes, uh, you know, I have base layers and stuff like that, but most of the time I'm just picking one of those three, either it's going to be like bare legs or it's going to be a light, uh, covering, or then I'm going to go big uh, cause I'm going to be on the trails and going slow anyway. And you know, things like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. But, um, I think the footwear footwear is more to me is more important like the right shoes and the right socks. Like if you get the right pair of socks, your run is going to be okay. No matter how long you're out there in the wet and the cold or anything, like you need a good pair of socks. What do you like for socks? Well, you're like a road girl. You're probably still wearing all those little thin socks no matter what, huh? Um, I, when it gets super cold, I'll wear like wool merino wool socks and then the longer ones and I'll put them up over my spandex but um up over your spandex yeah like on the outside you know like in the from like the 70s uh-huh, uh-huh. um yeah I'm looking fresh uh but really for legs honestly like I have a couple fleece line tights that I usually wear if it's like super duper cold and I can't go on the treadmill, which might happen this winter, I'll do spandex, long spandex, and then long pants over them. Um, and But mostly my biggest struggle is uh, my hands. So my hands have poor circulation. So right now I'm actually under 40 is when I'll do gloves. Under 30, I do mittens. And then under 20, hand warmers inside the mittens. Um, and so I've had to bust out gloves twice because we had some like 30 to 35 degree mornings. Uh, but I still wore either shorts or capris on those days, but I, uh, but I had the same thought as you, like I should probably have capris on right now. Um, but yeah, my biggest struggle is usually the hands, but mm. yeah, I mostly stay on the roads anyway. And then especially during the winter, but during the winter, when it gets slushy, I use my trail shoes on the road as well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Kendra with whom I used to do radio show, um, when we talked about hands in the winter, she said, have you ever heard of alpaca? And I was like, alpaca, huh? And um, she would run with like uh, silk gloves on and then alpaca gloves on top of them. And um, I don't know. She was like, this this is what keeps me the warmest. And I know Laura Reckerth has a ton of um, issues with her hands in the cold. And like she was wearing gloves the other day, you know, like that's just. It's unfortunate uh, when that's your biggest thing, when you can run hundreds and hundreds of miles and it's your hands that are problematic. So I get you there. Yeah, like I could probably break my foot, but if my hands are cold, I'll start crying because of my hands. <laughs> I can, I feel you. I feel you there. Um, so, 
Conveniently, um, I just found the old radio show um, where Kendra and I talked about that. So maybe this might be inspiration for you as well, Ellie, where we talked about all of the one things, the fun things we liked for winter conditions. And this was back in like ooh, 2015 or 2016. So, you know, long time ago. Yeah, I'm just a pretty big fan of layering. So yeah, huge on layers. Usually, and also like to, cause I wake up and basically have some water and then I head out the door. So what I'll do is at the end of my bed, I'll put like the clothes that I think I'm going to wear. Like I always check the weather the night before. Um, and I'll put the clothes that I'm probably going to wear at the end of my bed so that I can just, you know, slip them on pretty quick. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much like, it's, it's pretty immediate. Like I don't, I don't know usually. So for the fall right now, it's just like a long sleeve and then either shorts or capris, sometimes a hat and that, Oh, and a headlamp if it's, if it's dark out and then in the winter, it'll be spandex and then a tank top, a base layer, and then a jacket over top, depending on how cold it is. It'll either be like a shell or which shells keep you pretty warm. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, or I have a winter Solomon jacket. And then for my head. So I wanted to ask you about this. So I do a couple different styles and they all work, but I was wondering what your preference is. So I know pe- I love buffs, but I usually will use them for my ears. and then. Um, I, and most of my, um, either jackets or base layers, like they pull up to the bottom of my, of my chin. So I don't really need to wear a scarf, but if it's super cold, then I just go with like a baklava, a baklava instead of the delicious Greek pastry. (laughs) Um, that too. Uh, and I'll just wear like a whole face mask kind of deal. So what do you do? So, um, my top generally gets pretty hot, um, but I like to keep the chest warm. So I'm almost always, like you said, there's layers, right? So I have a merino wool base layer and then depending on, um, what kind of outdoor it is, I'll either go with something like a Houdini or like a windbreaker. Um, very rarely am I going like heavier than that, especially if I got like a 200 weight merino base layer on. And most of my base layers have a zipper so I can zip it up or to the, you know, to the chinny chin, or I can zip it down to the middle of the chest. And usually what will end up happening. And in my older age, I definitely have to cover my ears. It's just more comfortable to cover my ears. Even if it's, even if it's a light buff, I'm still going to be having my ears covered if it's a windy and chilly day out. Um, like I didn't today and I was kind of like, ah, you know, it's right on the edge. And what was it like 58 and rainy? Like it was right on the edge of, uh, I really wish I had it. Um, so almost always I'm doing a buff at a, at a bare minimum. Um, I do have a very thin, um, really, really thin hat that I also like to wear at times, which will cover, you know, um, but I will, um, last year I started, just putting a loose buff around my neck, not a full buff, like a half buff and just having that and then having it, having my shirt zipped down. So I have like enough ventilation, but I'm still blocking my neck and keeping my, my, you know, throat warm. So I'm getting that warm air. And then if you get a little chilly or the wind comes or something, you can pull the buff up over your mouth if you need to. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So yeah, I tend to go pretty light on my head, but I have a, I have a lot of coverage, if you will. <laughs> like, like a, it's all single layer, but it, I do have like, you know, cover things up type of stuff. If I'm doing winter camping or we're doing a big long snowshoe, then I got some of that, like the heavier balaclava type stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely, though, my like saving grace is those hand warmers. Mm-hmm. Like cause I have the over mitt, like the wind mitt. Yeah. And so I just put them in there and usually like I'm good to go because a couple of um our runs this past winter, my friend Bailey, she w- needed to like start running at 520 in the morning. So it's like four degrees yeah, and some, yeah, so like I can't, I, I would finish and, I, and we'd be like an hour and 20 minutes out there and I'd finish and I'd still be cold. Like it was just, it was, it's just so hard to get warm, but then also you don't want to sweat. So you're still like in that middle zone. And, um, yeah, those were some, um, interesting mornings. I definitely what need, like, I don't think I could have done that alone. Uh, so I'm glad that, well, actually I joined Bailey, so it wasn't really my idea, but, um, you know, it's always also better to just have someone with you. Cause at least somebody else is like, when you feel like an idiot for being out at that cold, like that temperature, and then it's dark and at least somebody else is an idiot with you. Yeah. And so this was all the part that this is why I said, I, I wasn't sure if we could, I feel like this is the middle, like you have the gear and you're choosing the gear and you're using the gear. Like, I feel like that's the middle. Because the end is, okay, what do you do when you're done with your run? Are you changing? Are you going right into a hot shower? What are you eating? Blah, 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 blah. Um, But the beginning part is, like you said, you lay your stuff out on the bed. Well, like a lot of us are just moving from shorts. It was just 70 degrees last weekend, right? So, like, are you searching for your stuff in the morning? Do you have a winter bin of all your winter clothes? Are you... How do you organize your stuff or how do you do you switch over your seasonal gear? You go from your little three inch shorty shorts and your tank tops. Where do those go and how does your winter stuff come out? Are you, are you a season switcher? Oh, yeah. Just because I don't like having tons of shit around and especially if I'm not using it. And then also I have a chest which has all of my ultra gear, which probably has dust on it because, you know, I haven't used that in a couple of years and a bunch of like snacks. And then it also has like um, all of my winter gear in it right now. So it's still there. So basically I don't really I don't switch over until um, I make a mistake and it's way too cold. And yeah, so then I'll switch over mm-hmm. um, because I just, you know, I'd rather wait for that mistake to hit me in the face like it does every fall. Yeah, exactly. And then I will switch over. So then I take all my shorts and put them in the chest and I get out my winter gear. I always have my shells out because um, not I, I'll wear them like doing like if it's rainy and I have to like go do an errand or something like I just I'll have I have my shells out all the time just in case um winter shoes like they're in a I I only have like one pair of like the Gore-Tex ghost shoes that I don't like so I didn't I wore them maybe once last year like I only wear them in like when it's super duper cold um so yeah I will switch over but it honestly it's it just like everybody it's trial and error each year and then what I'll do is I'll fold up my because I don't sleep in all of my running year I I mean (laughs) so um, I just fold it and put it at the end of my bed so then I just like get up go to the bathroom get a drink and then I put everything on and 
turn on the light and head out the door. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you keep stuff in your car or are you always running from the door? Do you keep like um, an emergency preparedness type of thing in the car? Um, I have a towel and adult wa- size washcloths in my car and a water bottle. I don't really ever not run from my door. Yeah. So like going out to the trails or something like I'll often, um, I'll just have like a, a set of clothes that just stay in a little bin or, you know, uh, in this car, it doesn't really fit a bin. So I just have like a little bag of if, if it comes down to it and I am like, you know, shivering, freezing cold and all that, here is another, here's the, where the pair of fleece pants goes. And here's where, um, a big old hoodie goes. And, um, I have a summer got me a uh, big old like crack open emergency heated blanket type thing. It's basically a blanket of hand warmers sewn together. That's awesome. So it's, it's certainly a single use, you know, but, uh, it's, it's like, I don't know, eight by 10 hand warmers. <laughs> um, so that, those kind of things like stick in the car. Um, just in case, right? Like come out of Menden after six bad miles or do what I did today. Only it's 20 degrees colder. Um, and just have those things like tucked away, extra pair of shoes, extra pair of socks. Uh, yeah, I used to do that back when there were races and I was like going places. Um, I would have, I have a sleeping bag in the back also, but always I have an extra pair of shoes, a hat and a sleeping bag in the back. But if I were to, do that in the morning, I would like bring what you said, but I just don't have it in my car at all times because my, my car, um, it's just, I know I'm not going to do any races anytime soon. So I don't have that, like that stuff. I took it out for right now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but always an extra pair of socks and shoes. That's just like, not even just for running. That's just for life. You never know. Right. Right. And then post run, I, I mean, if I'm really that cold, like sometimes I stand in the hallway with my hands down my pants for a little while. Um, and then I, oh, I always eat immediately. I don't shower first after I run unless I'm really disgusting. Um, or I had an accident (laughs) out there. (laughs) Um, and usually by then I'm like, or because if I'm numb, a hot shower is going to feel terrible because you need to like coldly warm yourself back up. So normally I eat first and that warms me up as well. Like, and then yeah, shower, get on with the day. But sometimes, you know, you have those days where you just never warm up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have like one or two a year and you know, you're just like, like, why am I still cold? Oh yeah. It was four degrees outside this morning and I was out there. That's when you take your, your nail jean full of hot water and curl up underneath the blankies and listen to a podcast and get warm. Yeah. My genius roommate page even has like a hot water bottle and she has two different sweaters for it. One yeah. for winter and one for fall. I'm like, Oh, that looks nice. Yeah. I don't have a sweater for my water, but I, I always, I, and this year I got a, um, I got one of those little tea kettles where you've just pushed a lever. I've never had a tea kettle like in my, since I guess my mom had a tea kettle once upon a time. Like, I don't know. I, I finally got a tea kettle. I got it. I bought it for um, the family for Christmas last year. Is it an electric one or? Yeah, it's just an electric okay. kettle. You set it on a plate and you push the lever down. 
And yeah, Paige has that one. I still use my teapot because mm. I am a I am a pilgrim. Hey, that's fine. I just I I for the longest time I you know I just didn't, and I was like, I wonder why I don't. I love tea. I wonder why I don't have tea ever. Oh, because it takes three and a half minutes in the microwave for me to get some hot water in this joint. And it took me like 10 years to realize. Here's a hack, actually. And this is something that can get everybody listening to do your mobility and strength work or mobility training and myrtle and cool down stretches after you run. Come in the door, turn your tea kettle on and it'll be like it takes like five to seven minutes for the like at least my tea on the stove takes like five to seven minutes and it's going it's getting hot it's ready it's almost ready for you but you can have time to do your like myrtle stretches your leg swings and all that stuff that's supposed to be good for you while you're waiting for your tea water to boil it's a good idea Unless, of course, you're listening to the um, delicate hum of your microwave, which is not very soothing. Get yourself Even a, three minutes in the microwave is enough to do some leg swings. Get yourself a tea kettle. Get, get, get legit. Either go pilgrim or go bougie. Get an electric tea kettle or, you know, put it on a stove. None of this microwave. Stove. Too much power for heating up water. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't use our microwave very much, actually, which is surprising because I used to only use the microwave. Yeah. You graduated. Yes. And speaking of the microwave and cooking, let's transition to our final segment. Everybody's favorite segment, the food segment. <laughs> Yay. Do, 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 do. So, what are you eating, Chris? Uh, well, I came home today to the um, amazing smells of homemade applesauce because it is apple season. So... Um, you are well, lucky. While Liam and I were at forest school, Riley and Summer were peeling and heating and brown sugaring up apples. So doing woman's work in the kitchen. I'm so excited, so excited. <laughs> so yes, it is apple season. I've been eating lots of apple. I had an apple after my big boy run today. Got in the car and it was sitting in the seat right there for me. Thank you. So I that, love apple season. We also have a peck of apples that I have been eating off of with mm-hmm. my breakfast every day. Nice. So good. Yep. So apples are the order of the day. Um, I did get to, uh, I got a decent pizza today uh, for lunch. Um, but uh, Not the one with the hidden pepperoni on it? <laughs> no. Uh, no. I had, a, it had uh, artichoke, sun-dried tomato, uh, caramelized onions, and olive oil. Ooh, yummy. That sounds good. Yeah, it was pretty good. So that's what I got for you right now. That's my highlight. Nice. I'm jealous. Mm-hmm. Now, if we all sit back and put our feet up, Ellie will tell us everything she's done for the last week or so. No, I'm just going to stick it to something. Uh, just one thing. Uh, I've been trying to... Uh, make scones which are one of my favorite things and but it's a process so i mean i've made four batches as of right now and the fourth one is the best one so far so they keep getting a little bit better each time but i've honestly been humbled at the different ways that you can fail at making scones (laughs) and so um i've learned a couple different things and so i'm on batch four and jokingly my running partners call it the scone diaries so every i keep them updated but i've been really embracing the fact that i don't really want to be like 
an expert at cooking or baking. Like I don't really want to get like master it or anything. I just, I'm comfortable in my mediocrity. And I actually added that to the list of things I want to talk about, like as a whole episode of the show. So stay tuned audience that I just want to like, I really appreciate just, you know, being uh like solid, like, be chef cook. Like I'll eat it. It's great. Sometimes I nail it. Other times I'm like, I'm glad I have peanut butter to put on this, but you know, I'm very, I'm content with it. And I, I think that's good for me because I don't need to master or go crazy with everything that I do. There you go. Sounds like the show. (laughs) And I will, when I get the my perfect scone recipe, it will go on the Patreon page yeah. because our newest patron, Robert. Right. Uh, so thank you, Robert. Tell us all about Robert. Tell us all about um, Robert. He seemed to send you a message. Did he give you his life story? Um, you know, uh, no. You're supposed to, hey, hey folks, we don't just want your money. We do want your money. Don't get me wrong there. We but want we a community. Want, we want your story. We want to know what you're up to, what you're all about. Why Why do you choose to spend your time listening to us <laughs> of all the things in the world? You know, so drop us a line. Uh, that's pretty great. We like seeing and hearing those things. Honestly, we do. I mean, else we just listen to each other and you know what that's like. We really do. I, I, uh, Robert has, he's a really nice person. And so I'm very thankful that he has decided to support us really, I think exclusively for some of the recipes and sandwich ideas, which I am happy to keep eating and keep giving those to you guys. It's a labor of love, but somebody has got to do it. Yeah, even once in a while, maybe I'll put something up there if I ever do cook for myself. Maybe you will. Maybe. Um, Okay, so uh, let's wrap up. All right, yeah. So let me tell you, I did put a few links in the show notes. Now, you folks might not be used to show notes, but look inside your podcast player and kind of do a little scrolly thing, and you'll see links inside the show notes right there. Or you can see them at hamstringsandheartstrings.com slash zero two four and they'll find links about the things that we talked about like Dobbins FKT or this uh have you ever heard of alpaca show from four years ago um so you know uh check those out and then Ellie will tell you all the rest of the stuff yeah Chris does a really great job he edits and does the show notes so that's really wonderful and I'm very lucky um so you can follow us at hamstrings and heartstrings on Instagram And I am going to be honest and confess, I am not spending much time on my personal social medias right now. So you can connect with us there at Hamstrings and Heartstrings. And or I also do the Trails Collective Instagram so you can connect with us there. And yeah, that's but I am trying to also build more stuff into our Patreon community. So please join us there. But I also have been blogging on my website, elliepell.com slash blog. So I'm really enjoying that medium, actually. So uh, feel free to read or not. I, you know, post about what workouts we're doing, just what I'm thinking about, or I don't know, something, you know, it's great. Yeah. And I think that's, um, yeah, uh, people know, mostly know my feelings on social media. Um, I prefer to have a uh, platform and a community that is built, uh, by the built and owned by the people that want to be part of it. So that's that. That's that. As long as you have a stomach, you can be part of my community. (laughs) Whoop. All right. Uh, bye. 
Bye. Welcome to Hamstrings and Heartstrings, where running is great. Except when it's not. Um, I'm Ellie. Damn it. <laughs> oh, we practice, Chris. <laughs>